1: This episode is powered by denanywhere.com, the online extension of Den Meditation. Our primary goal is to make meditation and personal growth available to all so that you truly understand and learn to love yourself, thus creating more harmony and success not only in your life, but within the world. We offer online programs, teacher trainings, retreats, free meditations, and many programs to further your growth. So go explore all the possibilities. Go to denanywhere.com now. This is super exciting. We heard you guys. Everyone always asks us, especially from the podcast. So how can I do the den even though I'm not there? I don't live close enough. I don't have the time. So now we have denanywhere.com. And you guys, it is basically like having the den whenever you need it, wherever you want and we have free meditations, so there's no excuses, all different times so that you can put it into your practice and they are free and we have certifications, workshops challenges that I'll announce that we can all do together basically it's anything you could want from us but can't walk through the doors and the beauty is you can sign up for free and please do as we're constantly putting new product up there and adding things that you're going to love and I don't want you to miss anything so go to denanywhere.com sign up and enjoy Oh, such beautiful faces. Yay. I mean, yeah. and I get why you're here. He's amazing. And we're so honored to have him. Well, welcome to Den Talks for one of our lives. We love having you guys here. The lives are the best because not only do you get to experience the amazingness in person, but you get a chance to have a Q&A at the end, too. So get your questions ready. Um, so that you have a chance to ask them. And we'll try and get to as many people as possible. Um, And again, thank you for coming. Our next live event, just so people know, is November 9th. It's a gratitude panel. And also at the end of this, you get your chance to go buy one of his books, Spirit Hacking, which is what we're going to be talking about tonight. And he will be signing them. And we also have some drinks and some cheese and some food, so we can all just hang out and chat. So don't run out of here too fast without some goodies. So shall we begin? Isn't she amazing? No, stop.
2: Look at this beautiful dress that she's, (laughs) she's just
0: all...
1: Doesn't um, this scream Shaman Durek? (laughs) I mean, today I was like, I have to wear this. This is exactly what I'm wearing tonight. It's so you. Okay, I don't know, this just came out, and I'm so honored that I get to chat with you about it, because you guys are going to die when you read it. It's so good. It's so amazing. There's so much in it. And what I love about it, and where I kind of want to start, is one of the things I've always loved about you, and we were kind of talking about it, is you are you, And it doesn't waver no matter what. And within seconds of reading the book, you're like, yep, there's his voice. There he is. That's who he is. He's telling it like he is. No bullshit, just straight to it. Doesn't care if it's going to be offensive because you believe what you believe. And I just really appreciate that about this book as well. So not only does he have these amazing, heady concepts that he breaks down for you and gives you these awesome spirit hacks that each one of you can do at any time to kind of go deeper and evolve yourself – He's doing it in his own way, in his own voice, and that is beautiful. So I'm going to start with one of my favorite things you actually wrote, and it's just on page five. Like, I didn't have to get that far in to get to being like, yep, there he is we're talking about kind of um, you know people putting you on a pedestal. Hmm. And he says, it's really annoying. If you're going to put me on a pedestal, you better climb onto your own version so that we can see eye to eye because I'm not going to strain my neck to talk down to you. Either show up as my equal or do not show up at all. I'm not here to be your guru. Be your own damn guru. And I love it, right? I mean, and so by the way, you guys, that's the tone the whole book is in, which is very much to the point. So... What is it like, by the way, sometimes being put on a pedestal?
2: I mean, it's really unfortunate. It actually, it's very saddening to me because I feel like it takes people away from their, from their own ability to come into their own self-actualization. It's like this idea, of like it's one thing to see someone and say, hey, I wanna model some of those behaviors and bring those things into your life. It's another thing when we start putting people up on a pedestal and glorifying them and placing them up above us. And it's that same mentality that we keep using in this very codependent way, which is like, keep giving people our power and saying, hey, you're the one who's gonna fix me. You're the one who's gonna heal me. You're the one who's gonna make change in my life. And even like when I go to dinner and I say, everyone, I'm taking the t- And then someone goes, "I got you next time." I'm like, "That's such an insult to me, because you're literally saying that I that you can't receive without the idea that you have to come in and do something for me to make it equal. Just receive and know you manifested this. You know, like you manifested the fact that I'm taking over this table and paying for the dinner. It's 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 when people put you on a pedestal." It's literally this, this very old theme that I see in our history books. It's that, you know, worshipping Athena. You know, I see people, I go to people's homes, they have like a Ganesh, they have a this, they have an altar. I'm like, where's your altar? Where's your picture?
1: You talk about this in the book, about yeah. having an altar for yourself.
2: Where is it? Why aren't you acknowledging yourself as the self-actualization that you've come to be? Why is it you're always looking to something else? Why is everyone always like, oh, the Messiah is going to save me, so I don't really have to do anything. Everything, something's going to save me. The ETs are going to save me. The government's going to save me. Something's going to save me. I don't know. I don't know. Who knows? Could be the person across the street, as far as I'm concerned. The thing I'm saying is, is that what it does for us in society is it limits us from seeing our highest potential. And it doesn't allow you to create your own thinking. Whatever I say to you, those are just like building blocks, play toys. You get to take those things and then shape them and create your own. Like when I used to teach in, I used to have a shamanic course in Turkey where I have people come in. And the first day in the course, I said, your assignment this week is to create a shamanic tool that works, that affects life, affects energy, and does something. You have one week to construct it. And the students were like, I'm like, what's wrong? They're like, w- w- I don't know what to do. I'm like, you do? Just go home and think about it. And then this girl, they came back and they had all these amazing tools laid out. One guy had a tool where you play a flute and you put these certain crystals with these certain symbols and you put it on the body and people were shaking. I mean, it's amazing. We have so much power. So I feel like What happens to us in society is that we become a codependent society when we keep putting people up on pedestals and worshiping them and glorifying them, and it takes us away from our own leadership. And let me tell you something. I've been doing a lot of acknowledgement and observation of our world leaders, and I love all that they, you know, what they stood for and what, you know, what they spoke, but they made one mistake. And you know what that mistake they made is that they stepped in front of the people, we can't do that.
1: It's so interesting because one of the things, what you just said, that I talk about a lot in my classes is, you know, because I always say, you know, we bow. We tend to bow to so many things, like you said, other things in the altar, and we tend to bow and revere all these objects, but yet we never do it for ourselves. We're never bowing to ourselves or revering ourselves, exactly. which is the where you should actually be starting before yes. you go elsewhere. So it's a, it, you're right, It's very. it's fascinating. Really fascinating. What what I love about this book, and you're talking about it right now, is it is so self empowering, unbelievable. And it's but it doesn't say that. It's not like I'm going to be a self empowerment book, but it is self empowering because it is all about the tools of realizing that every choice you make creates your reality. So I kind of want to talk about that because you know we talk about that a lot. Anyone who comes to these events, I feel like you know, especially Paul Selig. We just talked about it. Love Paul. He's great. No, I love him. And we we literally just talked about the fact that you're energy and what you are putting out there is absolutely creating your instant reality and the reality around you. And you talk about that a lot in this book too. So can we talk about the power of thought and words and how basically the energy that you're putting behind your thoughts and your words is the energy that's now creating the reality in front of you. And the part I really want to get into is, and then like attracts like. So if you're putting your energy and thought into, let's say, the negativity or the positivity, whichever one... You're creating more of it. Can you talk a little bit more about that? You talk about that a lot in the book, and I just think it's one of those empowering tools that's actually very simple, but none of us think about it. And if people would actually kind of wrap their heads around it and start embodying it, huge changes would happen.
2: So that was two questions, right? I just want to get
1: (laughs) it's. it's, And by the way, (laughs) you you do you because you know you're going in. The the first
2: one you said I was going. I was like, okay, okay, got it. All right. So so the first one you talked about. was about where you're putting your energy, is that what you're talking about? No, yeah, what you're saying, what you're yeah, saying. power, of power thought. What you thought, what your thoughts, okay. So basically, the way we look at it in shamanism is that every time you think and every time you speak, you're writing code. And a lot of people think that God is like, you know, a lot of people do in the world, they think God is Santa Claus. Like, so if they go out and do a lot of good deeds, they're gonna have all these amazing things happen to them. And then if they go out and do not so many good deeds, all these horrible things are gonna happen, and be a house would drop on them, or like, and whatever. You know, people have very obscure ideas of what that looks like. The reality is, is that duality and that does not exist within creation. That is something that we've created because we've decided to put our ideas on polarity and we then begin to use polarity against each other so that way we can create chaos and conflict so that way we separate. That was created by the system that we're in. So the idea is, is that creation is just amplifies code. That's all it does. And it doesn't matter what kind of code you write. It's not basing it on your good and bad because again, remember, and we always have to really look at this because shamanism is about common sense. Most people go into this idea of what's good and bad, but then again, good and bad is very subjective to each person based on their upbringing, cultural understanding, and observation of God, and not everyone observes God the same. Some people call it source, some people call it spirit, and some people just call it love, right? And some people were raised in religious families, and some people were raised in Muslim families, and some people were raised in families where they got up and they worshipped the tree. And so, you know, some people be like, what? Like, what is that? That's evil, But to them, but to them, that's sacred. Right. So the idea of knowing that morality and ideas of good and bad are subjective, then you realize that the source can't live in that field because that means that source would have to support everyone's subjective view of every single thing. And that doesn't make for creation to be at its most highest level of expansion. So guess what? whatever you believe is real to you. And you get to create and live in that world as you choose. So if you want to believe that everything is horrible and negative and nasty and this and that and people are bad and the world's going to fall apart, then you'll write that code and then your ego, which is your best friend, will say, cool, that's what you believe. I'll support the narrative. I'll bring all the characters to you. Make sure you take the steps. I'll send impulses to your brain so you choose this, 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 and this that matches what you desire, creator.
1: Will you repeat that? Because that to me is what I think people... Miss is it's not so much just believing something once, it's what the ripple effect of that is. It's huge. Right.
2: So a lot of times, and I'm gonna give it to you in two in two points, right? So if I look at the water and I say, the water is so dirty, I can observe that the water is dirty, but the moment I keep putting my attention that the water is dirty, I'm actually doing the very thing that I see, which is making it more dirty. Because I'm, att- I'm putting my intention, which means my attention, which creates intention. So I'm going to say that again so everyone can get that. Attention creates intention, right? So wherever my attention is, my intention, which is energy source, goes and directs its power to that and begins to expand its power through that. So if I say the waters are dirty and I keep focusing on the waters are dirty instead of saying I see that the waters are dirty, I love how the waters are healing right now. I love that there are people waking up in the world right now who, can, who are healing these waters and figuring out greater ways for us to have a greater drinking water source. I love right now how there's a scientist right now who just woke up and figured out how to correct this imbalance. And by doing that, then the universe goes, oh, great. Scientist all of a sudden sitting in his house and he gets this thought. You're the one who helped him get that thought, right? And so in shamanism, we look at that as a very key factor on how we move, maneuver ourselves in life. Because if you are operating in the context of focusing on the negative, then you are, you are an agent of the negative. So that's why I always tell religious people, I find them really, I, you know, I love them and I find them, I'm like, really? Really? I'm a, I'm a Christian, and you're going to go to hell. You're going to go to hell, shaman. I'm like, let me ask you a question. Do you think you're an agent of the light or the darkness? They're like, I serve God. I'm like, well, no, you don't. <laughs> Because you're in contrary to God because you go against love. You go against the principles of, of us growing and seeing the kingdom of light and joy and happiness and freedom and bliss and elation and opulence and bounty and, and abundance and prosperity. You are actually, a, you are basically an agent of the darkness because you're casting your own brother and sister into the darkness because of your your fear of not knowing who, who they are and what they are and understanding their life. So you know, the, you know the saying, like, they talk about abracadabra, or, you know, I, my friend Michael Beth will always say, and so it is, and, and, like, you know, a lot of uh, communities in paganism will say, so mote it be. Everyone has this kind of, like, ending in amen and all these things. These, these um, words basically mean that you place your stamp, your proclamation on it, okay? If you're going to proclaim anything in life, why wouldn't you proclaim the beauty of someone, Why wouldn't you proclaim that great things are always showing up for you? Why aren't you proclaiming that the waters are healing, that women are getting stronger, that men are getting more connected to who they are, where they are able to sense their sensitivities and able to fall in line with their feminine and masculine energy? Why are we not proclaiming victory over victimness? You see, the power of of us in one person can change the dynamic of millions of people they never even met. If I say right now that there's a child right now somewhere in the world who is figuring out how to move out of pain right now, I just tapped and created that energy. This is the power that we have inside. And so that's what I'm talking about when I say you speak into life. Either you're creating or you're destroying. And I talk about that a lot in, 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 the book, in, in our book. And notice I said our book and not my book. Because nothing belongs to me. Everything I have and everything that I am is for all of us, right? And so that's another thing we were talking about when it comes to putting people up on a pedestal. You know, it's like I meet friends of mine from India and things like that, and they're like, they're my disciples. They're not, they don't have t- they, they're not ready to hear this information. I'm like, really? Well, when are they going to be ready? In 40 years? 50? Maybe 20? The reason why I do what I do is not just for me to do what I do because I want to be glorified. What I do what I want to do is because I know who you are. I know what you're capable of. When people come to me, they're like, oh, I don't feel any energy when you're doing the healing. That has nothing to do with me. Mm -mm. Because I feel energy. I'd be shocking myself and talking to my ancestors. I'm sorry, you didn't feel anything. People try to put it, they're trying to always put it on the healer. It's not the healer. It's not the one who heals you. It's you. If you don't feel energy, it's because you're the one who's blocking your power. I'm not here to prove anything to you. You're not here to prove anything to anyone. All you can do is show up and bring that which comes to your being in the most eloquent and loving way. And if people are like, I don't understand that, I don't get it. Well, good, okay, you don't get it. Okay, I mean, I'm not here to try to get you to get it. Because those who will get it will come.
1: Talk about, because I love the idea of attention, which you spoke about. <laughs> he speaks.
2: I know you're clapping for yourself, right? <laughs>
1: The lessons are never ending. You better be clapping ending. for
2: yourself. You better be clapping for the fact that you just got that information. Don't be <laughs> clapping for me.
1: You, you speak about attention, which I love. And I, I always had the same idea when I think about it. It's like, almost like you're plugging it into a socket. And that's what all of a sudden electrifies it. So you know, you can think something, but the more you put attention to it, the bigger and bigger it gets. And you're amplifying it for good or for bad. Um, You mentioned somewhere in the book about how sometimes things come into your attention even if it's not what is for your higher self or your best self, because you need to actually understand it and move from it. So Hmm. can you talk about that? Because I actually think that's a really important, is that the only way once that energy is kind of created to transmute it?
2: Mm. You know, I always, you know what I love? I love this word that I hear a lot. People will use this word. They're like, I'm not resonating with that. I'm like, you obviously are resonating with it because you saw it, didn't you? I mean, you caught your attention, didn't it? They're like, yeah. I'm like, then you're resonating with it because if something catches your attention. If, so, if I go somewhere and I go, I'm not resonating with this energy over here. I'm not resonating with that. That means I am resonating with it. Because your perception can only see and view and, and step into that which you are connected to on an energetic level. That means that if you are not resonating with that, then why can you see it? If a woman is sitting in a bar and she operates from a place of unconditional love where she nurtures herself as the goddess, she fills her vessel up. She knows that in order for her to be almighty in the presence of her activation, she has to be filled up. And this is how she represents herself. And a man comes in and his whole life has always been about, you know, beating himself up. He's not good enough. You know, always wanting to share his poison with anyone who would take it. He ain't going to see that woman. He's not going to see her because he's not going to be resonating with her. Your perception would blind him and bring him to the woman who would accept that type of abuse, would accept that type of nonsense in her life because that's what she's programmed, she's running inside of herself. When she decides to proclaim something different for herself, then those energies separate naturally and easily and there's no big, big you know, thing about it. People say, oh, I have a hard time breaking out of this relationship. No, you don't. You like that relationship. You're a magnet to that relationship because you, haven't, you keep thinking it's the relationship. It's you, baby. Man says to me, my wife is irritating me. Da, da, da. I said, no, she's not. She's just pushing your buttons. You don't know how to deal with them. You don't know how to act. You don't understand your triggers. So you're going to blame her for her showing you your triggers instead of you thanking her for showing you your triggers so you can be even stronger, more powerful, and have a stronger spiritual immunity about you. When my girlfriend says something to me, I'm like, oh, 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 oh. <laughs> maybe I got to go in the other room right now, because um, I'm pissed. And I go in the other room, and I'm like, what was that about? And I say, oh, when you were a child, someone said that your stepmom said this to you, or your dad said this to you. And so then I work through it, and then I come back in, and I apologize for how I acted towards her. So the wound closes. You see... When you resonate with something, when you, when, you, when you see something, spirit could be showing it to you because you're the person who has enough tools and ability and understanding on how to transmutate that and be able to understand how to do that or you actually have the reason to see it because it may be in the, what you will do when you decide to step into your full actualization of yourself to be able to bring something to that. You see, look, at, let, me look at it, let me put it to you like this. Gandhi saw the turmoil his people was in, but he didn't see it. You understand what I'm saying? He got on a train every day and went into England and worked for a very aristocratic family, and he saw his people suffering, but he didn't see it. He saw them, but he didn't see it. Do you understand? It was when he got beat up and thrown off the train is when he resonated. Then he saw it, and he saw it, not just seen them, but saw it, meaning he, it, he, it came here. Do you understand? And that's when he was able to make the changes he needed to make, and so on and so on. Do you understand? So when you are, so what I say is lean into your aversions. Lean into the thing that you are most uncomfortable about because that's where your power is. People always say to me, oh, I don't know what I want to do. You know, I, mean, I get these, this, the same thing all over. Am I going to fall in love? Am I going to get married? Jump in dark. Um... <laughs>
1: Now you know what not to ask for your Q&A. What's my
2: purpose here? What's my purpose? Like, you have one purpose. Like, you came here and you're like, I'm doing one thing, only one thing, and that's it. Your purpose is everything that's irritating you. You want to know your purpose? What irritates you? That's all I tell people. You want to get to the real root? Your purpose is what irritates you.
1: Wait, but that's... Interesting. So are most of us spending most of our lives avoiding what we're supposed to be doing then? Because I would say most of us are programmed to move away from what's irritating us.
2: Well, yeah, because the system needs chaos in order to create uh, the energy of need for commercialism, media, all of these things. You have to have a vacuous hole for the system to be able to keep you in codependence. So how do they do it? They keep you entertained with entertainers and all this kind of stuff, which is not entertaining. I have a lot of entertaining friends. That's great. But you have to know that you can't just be stuck there. You have to understand that you're not just here to do. You're here because you, as an individual person, chose this biological spacesuit Because you are a walking leader who's here to leave legacy. You didn't come here to be, just sit here and just be like, victim, or to just watch on what's cool in the next tube, you know, the boob tube. You know, you came here because each and every one of you has a code, a light, a frequency to help us, all of us together, when we admit that code, we build a bridge to the fifth dimension. We build a bridge to the consciousness that allows us to get out of a war-based planet, a planet where we can't even learn how to co-adapt with our own brothers and sisters, a planet where we keep running the same subconscious program in our head because we were told that our own creator could kill us and destroy us. So we create a, create a destructive code in our subconscious mind, which I talk a lot about with Wim Hof. When we get into that deep part of your subconscious mind that makes you destroy yourself unconsciously because you believe your own creator could destroy you. When we get into a space where we recognize that our species is against itself, and we have to learn how to co-adopt with one another. It's not about boundaries and race and color and who's doing this and who's sleeping with who and who's that. And if this person has money, this person has a house, this person, this and that, I'm going to hang out with that person, but I'm not going to see that person. You know, that, that healing is only for the rich. No. It's for everybody. I'm not healed until everyone is healed. And that's it. So when we understand that, that level of love and connection and that level of reverence for everything that is, you realize that everything that irritates you is an opportunity. Everything that makes you uncomfortable is an opportunity. When they told me, oh, you know, Derek, I'm going to move to Israel. My friends were like, why? (laughs) They have like bombs going off and like crazy things happening with the Palestinians. Why would you go there? I'm like, because there's opportunity there to bring love. When I was in, in Sweden, in Uppsala, and, dea- and dealing with um, you know, bringing love to the, to the refugees and going to the refugee camps, and people were like, why are you doing that? Because there's opportunity there to give love to these people who are stuck there because they're not giving them papers to get a job and they live in this tiny room with seven people in a room and their kids don't even have a playground. Let me bring some of my friends who have that ability to build a playground for them. There's an opportunity. When you see a cup on the table that someone left at Whole Foods, that's an opportunity. That's how we support each other. Not by looking at what horrible things we can find in each other, that's easy. It's easy to say F you and this and no oh, blah, blah, blah. That's easy. Wow, that took a lot. <laughs> it's more for you to step into a place of opportunity in your community, in your family, with your friends, with the people around you. That is what I mean when I say to lean into your aversion.
1: How, and how would you do that Like on a practical level for someone, let's say, either who's does that same abusive relationship over and over again or it's the same fight they've had with either their family or in a relationship. I'm just trying to think of like those really base everyday things that it's like there's no growth because it's just repetition and then usually the idea is to run away from that or break up with it or not talk to the family or leave. So how do you create the opportunity in that? How do you lean and what is the actual practical thing you can do to change and shift and transmute it?
2: Well, the change and shift in transmutation uh, transmutation happens from within. The idea of actually changing anything from the outside has to always start from here, right? So, and you said that this is like a normal thing. I don't think abuse is a normal thing, okay? And I just got to say that, okay? Because some people think that's normal. I don't think it's normal. If I have friends around me who are are abusive, I'm like, look, I love you, and I will always love you. But where you're operating from right now is not the energy. So I'm here to support you so I can give you some ideas of things, you know, that can help you and support you. But it's your choice. If you don't want to get out of those muddy waters, I'm not jumping into your mud and dirtying myself. Because people will be doing that all day. They'll see someone jumping in the mud. Oh, please, please, please help me, help me, help me. Why are you going to get dirty? You're being being of great power and light. You can throw them a life preserver and pull them out, but you don't need to get in their mud. You see, there's a point of of understanding that you can help people by helping yourself. Like, I've helped friends of mine just by being straight up real with them. I had a couple come to my house, and they were talking to me, and I said, I'm just going to let you guys know this is the last dinner I'm having at your house. They're like, why? I'm like, because all you do is bicker and argue all the time. You're not amplifying love, and I just don't, you know, you're, you're better than that. You're better than that, and you're better than that. So you should, I honestly, well, they're like, what should we do? I said, you want my honest opinion? They said, yes, I said, break up and do it with love. Break up. You obviously are not amplifying love. You're not creating love into the world. You're creating chaos. You're creating anger. You're creating abuse. You're creating all these things. How are you, what, what role are you playing for humanity right now? Is this the role you want to play for humanity? Do you think that your argument on this table is not affecting billions of people on the planet? You're mistakenly Incorrect. So there's points where you can step in and say, if someone comes to me and I'm at a dinner table and everyone's talking about negative things, I'm like, so, it's time for some ninja moves because these people are getting crazy. So what's working in your life? What's amazing? Where do you feel inspired? Like, uh, tell me about something that really makes you happy. All of a sudden, they're like, "Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, you know, I really love, like, doing art. I'm like, yeah, tell me about it. What, What inspires you about art? completely like ninja move them. Because, you know, we've been taught to, but we are raised in a society, we are raised in a world where we're taught to glorify off our pain. I talk about that in the book, right? It's the the biggest victim. Who plays the biggest? I'm the biggest victim. I'm the biggest, I suffered the most. I suffered the most. I suffered more than you, and I suffered more than you, so I get more love. (laughs) You know, and that's not how we need to, that's not the narrative we need to continue on. The narrative that we should continue on is the greatest lover in the world. Keep loving. And if you see someone not loving, be like, you have the capacity to love. So what do we need to do to get you to a place where you can love greater and bigger and wider and more expansive and more freer and more playful? Maybe you need to skip around the house for a week. People would be like, Shaman Derek, what's my antidote? I said, you know what your, your ana is go watch some Disney movies and <laughs> you know and just sit there and just you know just dance around the house or something. Go skipping. Every time you walk out the door, just start skipping. Do something completely off the wall. Break through the matrix. Because the whole thing is the Matrix's whole position is to make you feel depleted, unworthy, unloved, and keep you in a space of frenzy and disconnectedness so that it can continue to tell you you need this, you need this, you need this. Oh, if you buy that car, you're gonna feel better. The smooth ride of that car, it's like meditating. <laughs> I mean our commercials are now filled with spiritual jargons. You like watch, com- I mean, have, you, have you seen some of the commercials? No, you're right. They're like telling you that you're going to have like a transformation, like the new Honda Accord. It's not Honda. It's Enlightenment. I'm like, no, it's not. No, it's not. You liars. You liars.
0: You lie.
2: You lie. You're trying to get me. You, n- you know what I mean? That's the joke. But the, you know, the thing is, like, we got we to gotta make fun of it. We got to have fun. We got to laugh at it. Because if we're not laughing at this stuff, then we're taking it too seriously. Then we're, ready, we're already stepping backwards. Right? We have to laugh at how serious we take ourselves. You know? We have to laugh at every time we get mad at stupid stuff because it's like ridiculous. We have to laugh every time we try to be like, oh, like, oh yeah, I'm like I catch myself, too, you know? Sometimes my girlfriend will be like, oh, really? 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 What are you doing? I'm like, oh, my God, you're right. What am I doing? You gotta, we got to make fun about it. We got to make it fun, make it playful and, and lighten up.
1: It's funny because one of my favorite things in the book you say is the biggest curses that exist out there. It's not like the voodoo stuff. It's not stuff you – it's compassion complaining, which I, which I love because it's exactly what you're saying here too. It's like the more you like go into it, you're cursing yourself.
2: Yeah. And I catch myself doing it, you know. I'll be like, oh, God, the painters didn't paint the house. I'm like, oh, wait. And, you know, and, and here's another thing too, and I really want you to know because I say this in the book, and I, say, I think I say this in the first chapter of the book, which is just because I'm a shaman doesn't mean I'm perfect. So get that out of your, get, up, get that out. Okay? I don't care who you are. I don't care if you're the Dalai Lama. I don't care if you're Sai Baba. I don't care if you're Dr. Deepak Chopra. I don't care who you are. Okay, If you're eating and sleeping and taking a shit on this planet, okay, and you're being on planet Earth in this embodiment, you're, you, you are going through some stuff. It just comes at different levels, Okay, how people deal with it. There's no one in a physical embodiment who's walking to Earth and being like... <laughs> They're like uh no no sorry you knew that smelt. okay let's be real that didn't smell like no roses and no you know that didn't smell like cherries i wasn't no no popcorn that was real okay so we have to realize the truth no seriously because people will play they'll be like you see their instagram pictures they'll be like I'm like, you know good and well that you don't smile like that when you're drinking your green smoothie with all that stuff in it. Like, every day is not a day you're on the beach looking like you're coming off of, like, some, like, Sports Illustrated, like, ad. This is the reality. The reality is we go through stuff, okay? If you don't want to be on the planet and not go, you're on planet Earth, you're going through stuff. This is a type 2 planet. You know what a type 2 planet is? A type 2 planet means a slave planet, Okay, slave planet means you have a system that has built an infrastructure that you have to play in that puts you in a position of survival. You spend 80% of your life paying bills and dealing with survival. You get 20% of your life, if that, for some, not even that, to to be able to find the the things that make you happy and joyful and all these different things. So when we think about that for a second, we go, wow, wow. So when I go into these places where I complain, I catch myself, and then I laugh about it. It's not like, oh, I, don't, I shouldn't be doing that. I'm Shaman Dirk. I should have it all figured out. No, no, no. And, and, if, and, and, and the moment you put someone up on that kind of pedestal, you're, you're fooling yourself. Okay? I had a friend who worked with the Dalai Lama, and he called me up, and he was like, oh, my God, he's like a diva. I said, um, well, you know, he is the Dalai Lama, and yeah, he wants his slippers, and you better have those slippers for him. <laughs> you know, there's realities, people, and, and the thing is, what I always find is that we always try to put someone, something up on a pedestal, it's that whole mentality, that I remember when I used to read the Bible, it's like worshipping the golden calf, we're like, oh, okay, it's not reality, reality is, we're all in this together, at different levels, but we're in it together, okay, and so... The, the the way I look at it is when you're complaining, I always say complaining is draining, okay? And the other thing is when we talk about curses, I had this woman say to me, she said to me in Miami, she goes, you know, uh, Shaman Durek, um, you know, a friend of mine wanted to go take a trip to Haiti, but I'm not going to go to Haiti. And I was like, why is that? She's like, because, you know, they do all that voodoo stuff and like... <laughs> You know, all that witchcraft, black magic stuff. And I'm like, oh, okay. I, was like, you know, I just like listening to people. I love listening to people. I'm just like, oh, that's fascinating, interesting. You know, I'm not here to judge anybody. I'm just here to love you and let you be. I always say I enjoy the masquerade ball. It's really wonderful. You know, someone come to me one day and say I'm, I love blue, and the next second day they tell me they hate blue. I'm like, great. I'm not going to argue with you. I'll be like, but you said yesterday you liked blue. No, mm You tell me two plus two is five, I'll be like, okay, Cool. That's great, because that's what you choose to believe. I'm not here to, to, to go with that. I'm here to just hope, hold space for love for you. So all of a sudden, her daughter, the daughter comes in with some friends. You know, Mom, did you make up your decision about me going to Guatemala? She goes, you know, honey, I've really been thinking about it, and I know your father said you can go, but I really think that you shouldn't go to Guatemala because, you know, you might get kidnapped, and it's like it's not safe for you girls to go and like that. And I was like. I'm <laughs> posher. Did you just curse her? She goes, what? I said, you just talked about black magic and voodoo and all this kind of stuff. Did you think that by you opening your mouth that you weren't cursing your daughter just now, you just sent a signal to some person in Guatemala who now has an imprinted vision of your daughter in his head or her head, whoever. You don't know who the person is because you're using your powers incorrectly. So the very thing you're talking about that you're, not, you're afraid of, you just did in like two seconds. She goes, oh, I had no idea. I said, yeah, magic that isn't all just about burning candles and cutting the head off of a chicken. Every time you open your mouth, you're either creating or you're destroying. Every time you go to a hospital and you see your family in the hospital bed, if you're telling them they're getting stronger, their cells, are their their cells, their body's getting stronger, their body's getting stronger, or you go in there and start crying, because if you start crying, you're weakening them. In shamanic culture, in tribal culture, if someone's sick in the village, you don't bring anyone in that, in that, in that area where the person is sick who has any kind of... Uh,
0: <laughs>
2: oh, no. You need to go back over there, get away, go. Because you are not bringing health and healing and, and transformation into this place friend comes to you, and friends come to me, and they're like, you know, I'm starting a new business. How many do you think it's going to go great? It's going to be amazing. All these things are going to happen for you. These people are just going to show up. Everything's just going to fall in line. It's just going to be amazing, and you're going to feel empowered and all this kind of stuff. And my friend's like, God, every time I talk to you, everything just works out. That's because I choose to speak into your existence with possibility. I'm doing a reverse curse on you. Yeah, instead of saying cursing someone and being like, oh my God, this horrible thing, blah, 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 blah. your business isn't gonna do well. Did you read what happened in the news? Da, 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 da. No, I'm gonna be like, you were born for success. You're so intelligent. I see great things inside of you. I see people coming out of the woodwork, making it possible for you, for you to succeed. I see everything falling into place. And then my friends call me up, they're like, oh my God, everything fell into place. People came, this happened, da 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 da. I said, of course they did, darlings. What did you think? You're, that's, that's what you are. You have the gift of luck. They're like, really? You think so? Absolutely. Hmm. <laughs>
1: What's the difference talking about all this of, versus power behind thought and power behind words? Because, I mean, you're, I get it. You're saying, like, you can say these words and it's accepted. But what about the thought before they become words?
2: Okay. So you mean the thinking process? Yeah. Well, so here we have to understand is that a lot of people think their brain belongs to them. Eh-eh. Your brain is a conductor. It's an organ. It does exactly that. It conducts energy. Now, if you could, you could be a very, um, what we call, um, highly conductive brain person, where you're actually, I mean, I do it all the time with my friends. Like, they'll be like, did you just pull that out of my head? I'm like, yeah. Because your brain Right is picking up on synthesis. It's communicating to all types of frequencies, again, based upon, one, your perception, two, what you actually believe is possible, and how much you're open to it is cognitively or not cognitively. So if you are operating in a cognitive process, then you're aware of the information that you're getting. If you're coming from a not place where you're not being cognitive, then obviously you're not, right? You're unconscious. But the reality is your brain is a conductor. So when you have negative thoughts in your brain, we were taught on this planet that those negative thoughts are ours, and when I talk about that in the book, because they're not. And that's the thing, because, you see, we have been led to believe that everything that goes through our thoughts is ours, and so we act on it. And the spirits in the spirit world know that. They're like, oh, look at this one. She doesn't even know that it's me talking to her and her thoughts you're so fat and ugly, everyone is gonna laugh at you when you get to this party, when you wear that dress, you look like a big balloon. And then she starts going down on herself like, oh god, and this person starts thinking, instead of going like, I'm sorry, um, who are you again? How did you get this number?
1: But this is one of your spirit hacks, actually. Yes! I love it, no, I know, it's in the book, it's, it's great.
2: We can't, this is too much! People walking around saying crazy things to themselves. I'm like, um, did you check who got your number? Like, who's, te- who's tapping into your conductor? I actually run tests, I show people that their conductor is being hijacked by other beings. I'll be like, so ask it this question be like, so, um, did you actually think I was gonna believe that? Like, who are you? What's your deal? Do you need help? Are you, are you trying to are you trying to like, are you trying to reach me? You want to tell a story? Is that what you're doing? And then all of a sudden, that's when you get into enlightenment. That's when you get into the the solid wisdom of the technology of self. You see, each and every one of you in this room is technology. You know, we're always trying to build technology and we're the greatest technology, isn't that amazing? Nature is like the super technology, right? So we're all technology. And the thing is, we haven't been given the tools to access that technology properly. Right, Because if you were told when you were in kindergarten and when you were in elementary school that these negative thoughts in your head aren't yours and they gave you like a total teaching on how to access the information that comes from your conductor, your life would be very different today. Very different. But because they're just like, okay, learn this, learn that, learn this, which half the things they teach you in school is just like, learn what, history? I mean, we just keep repeating it, so I don't know why I'm learning it, but Okay. (laughs) The point I'm making is school is not there to get you to become a self-independent person who's walking as a lit leader. School is programmed to see if you follow the rules so they can start putting you into boxes and categories and selling you a bunch of stuff and having you follow a linear projection. And so to see if you'll teach it to your kids as well, put them through the same institution. Then if you are a person who does really good in your grades, they look at that and they go hmm, then we can put them in the next institution. Let's give them things that they can do. Oh, wait a second. We didn't put all the things that's possible for them to do. we we'll just put the things that the system needs them to do. And if you go outside of it, you're considered the black sheep or you're considered ostracized or you're crazy. You're crazy because you choose to think outside the box. You're crazy because you choose to test the matrix, the boundaries of the matrix. People go, oh, my God, you've seen too many movies, Sean and Derek. The Matrix, Keanu Reeves, really? No, The Matrix is real, babies. It's real. It's a system that's built to make you feel like you're free, but you're actually a slave. The streets and the buildings are all set up a certain way to generate a certain response in your neurological system that makes you feel stress. Everything you see, squares, boxes, windows, squares and squares, which is also in the book, is also set up to keep you in a box mentality of masculine energy. So you're always in the idea that you have to do something instead of just be. Buildings are built in rectangular and square form so that you will always feel the four corners of the room, which are always agitating your internal system, therefore not allowing you to step into the feminine energy, which is much more of a conclave, a circle, which allows your brain to expand. In fact, it makes you start doing this internally. Cities are not built where there's huge nature buildings coming off the buildings everywhere, parks everywhere where people can talk and commune and share ideas. No, they're given directions, squares, and rectangles so you get somewhere, go somewhere, and get things done and keep yourself so busy that the time you have to burn off any energy spent on their boob tube while they're programming you with TV. It's called a matrix. And they want you to put your children in it, and they want you to put your children's children in it, because the system cannot run without you. So their whole job of the system is to keep you down. Yeah, you can rise really high in certain levels, but just not enough to the point where they want you speaking about the truth, so they make it so that they create all of this conflict about what happens when people step forward. Notice all of the assassins we've had with leaders in the past. You don't think they've created all of that to scare you from ever stepping into leadership? The reality is you're not going to do it alone. You're not alone. We're in this together. And the thing is, is that, you know, and I'm not trying to be like the doomsday person because I'm not. (laughs) I'm just saying it's time to change our fucking world. I've had enough. You know, it's too much. It's bullshit. It's like we can't keep living this way. We can't keep killing our own species and, making, and then making movies about violent things and being entertained by it. We have to start looking at each other and thriving and creating a sustainable human understanding of what it means to be a human being. And create architecture and engineering and everything we do has to go through the lens of love. And we talk about that in the book as far as like, you know, I mean, the Manhattan Project gave props for the bombs. Great. Thanks. Yay. You're marketing bombs. Is that right for our planet? Oh, because we have, we have chemicals. We can put chemicals. How many people it's going to kill? It's only going to kill 200,000 people. It's not a big deal. It's going to take like maybe 30 years before they die. But look at how much we get to, you know, profit we get to make off of selling all this food. No. It has to support. It has to be all inclusive. I don't want to start crying right now because I love this planet and I love the people on this planet so much. Um... But each and every one of you has the power for change and to make that happen, you know? And I'm not sitting here as the guru, as anything. I'm just your brother, you know, who's sitting here telling you, I love you. I know what you're capable of. I know how powerful you are. And if anyone tells you you're not, it's time to tell them to step off. You got things to do. And you're doing it.
1: You talk about the power of love, obviously, a lot, because that's what is what changes someone, what brings them out, what helps people around. It's everything you're talking about today. Yeah. But talk about it in context of kind of the social change and social justice, because I find that... You know, it's interesting. You say a lot in the book, too, of how... Yeah, you can go up there and fight and scream and yell and but that's not how it's going to change it. So how do you put that in context of like radicals or people in the past who've kind of been extreme but have started to lead the way of change, whether it be, you know, for suffrage movement or civil rights or anything really. Sometimes when you look in history it feels like it starts extreme and that's how it gets noticed. But you're talking about which I love and I agree with you, but I feel like it's an interesting concept To explain, especially with everything you're talking about now, like, hey, we're in dire needs. we got to make some changes. But what are those changes?
2: Right. So the thing is, we have this idea on Earth that, look, you can protest about things and draw awareness to things, and that's great, and that's fine. But, like, I can tell you this. Like, I have friends who are super vegan, and they will go crazy on someone. They'll, like, literally go like, mad when they see someone eat meat, you know, and get all, like, crazy and, like, and, like, you, how could you do this? And get really angry and stuff. And I'm, like, and then I see friends who are, friends of mine who are religious, and they'll say, oh, you know, you, they put every negative thing to try to get you to come to church. <laughs> if you use fear or anger or hate or any of these things to push forward a message that is to create change and evolution on our planet, I mean, the, the common sense is right there. It's not, it's not, you're, 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 you're defeating the purpose. The purpose isn't to war with your brothers and sisters. The purpose isn't for you to war with them. The purpose is for you to drop truth and love. Your purpose is for you to educate not annihilate. I'm going to say it again. Educate, not annihilate. These are your brothers and sisters. Some of them have been shadowed by the matrix. Some of them are sleeping within the system. You don't destroy them, yell at them. You don't get people to change by putting them down because then you have just become the very thing that they have been holding inside of themselves. You have become the aggressor. You do it through love, babies. You, through it, you, you, you throw love into it. You bring it through the lens of love. I was having a conversation with this um, very white supremacist um, I'll tell you the story. Uh, I, w- I have this friend. Her name is Kathy. And she has a twin sister named Kim. And I go over to her house all the time. And every time I go to her bedroom, I used to have to walk by her sister's room. who has got swash stickers all over her wall. And she's in there. And, the, you know, her friends. And they're in there. And they're talking about everything, what they talk about, whatever it is they talk about. <laughs> and one day I go to the house. And I knock on the door. And Kim's not, uh, oh, sorry, Kathy's not there. And I feel this gun in the back of my head. And I hear this guy say, listen, nigger coon. We don't want you coming around here anymore. And I said, this is a very interesting situation. So I'm thinking very quickly in my head. And I was like, okay, spirits, what do I do? And the spirit said, tell him that you're not the black person that hurt him. So I said to him, I'm not the black person who hurt you. But if you feel like you need to take it out on me, go ahead. And he just was like, what did you say? I was like, I'm not the person who hurt you. And he just like backed off. He's like what, 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 what? He's like, what do you mean? I said, Spirit, give me the information. Spirit said he wanted to play one time on a basketball court, and there were black guys playing on the court, and he, wanted, he kept trying to force himself in the game, and they beat him up. And I said, I'm sorry that you had confrontation with someone of my skin color, of my melanated skin color. That has hurt you that had made you go in this way it wasn't me and I'm sorry that that happened to you and he just sat down and was just like who the hell are you and I just said I'm not here to you know you got to do whatever you got to do but I'm just letting you know the truth and Kim came and we had this deep conversation about their pain about what happened to them that got them this way but that would have never happened if I was trying to be all aggressive, like, you mean to put a gun in my head? Oh, done. My mom was in New York City, and this man grabbed her into the alleyway and wanted to rape her. And my she's, you know, pulling my mom's clothes off and everything. And my mom saw he had a scar, a knife scar on his face that went to his ear. And she went like this: Who did this to you, baby? who hurt you like this? She's like, I'm the goddess. If you feel like you need this, I love you. I will give you all my love. You've been hurt. If you need this, just take it. The man pushed him, said, get off of me. What, what, who are you? Why are you doing this? She goes, you've been hurt. And he started kissing his scar on his face. He goes, get off of me, get out of here. Go, get out of here. And so she went, she started walking home. The man followed her. He followed her home just to make sure she got home safe. (laughs) My mom told me that story when I was young, and when I lived in New York City a long time ago, I would time. I realized that we always think that when something is, we always meet this kind of attention uh, with aggression. When we want to create change, we do it with aggressive force. You know, when I want to have a conversation, I want to understand why someone feels the way they do, I'm not gonna go at them with this level of aggression. I'm actually gonna to speak to them. I want to have, I wanna talk. I want to know why you believe what you believe. When I lived in Turkey, I remember there were like people who were writing, like, I can't believe you're friends with the Jewish people. And this, this Muslim leader was talking to me and everything. And I said, look, I want to talk to you. I want to hear what your thoughts are. I want to talk to me. He's like, you know, this is what I feel. And I wasn't like, well, how could you say this? And da-da-da-da-da-da, and you're doing this. No. So what I'm saying is, is that we have to put everything through the lens of love. You want to help someone not stop eating meat and become vegan? You're not going to do it by showing them every animal that they that 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 they're being tortured and then tell them they're horrible people. <laughs> you give them ways to make change. You enlighten them. You give them perspective. You start a conversation with them. You can show them what has happened but you don't keep pushing this aggressive narrative. You can say, this is, what, are you, this is what's happening, but here are the things that it can benefit. Look at what will happen to us if we don't do this or if we don't do that. This is how you create change. You don't create change by not engaging. Engagement is everything. When I lived in Israel, I told my friend from UN, take me to Palestine. Take me to, take me to the Gaza Strip. I want to sit with the Palestinians because the Israelis are like, they're going to kill us. They want to kill us. They want to kill us. They want to kill us. I was like, okay, I got you. I hear you. Thank you. I need to go spend time with the Palestinians and hear what they have to say. And when I heard them say the same thing, I'm like, you guys are saying the same thing. So this has nothing to do with you or them. This has to do with money and government. I started putting perspective on things. I started realizing that people are acting the way they are because they are lacking information or they feel like someone's a threat to them, so they're going to be a threat to them too. We have to stop war on our planet. We have to stop attacking each other. You, I told a woman, woman said to me, my husband cheated on me, Shaman Dirk. What do I do? I said, well, you have two choices. You can either get angry, get upset, and leave him, or you can remember the man you fell in love with and sit down with him and find out, as a friend, what made him do this from a loving place. Because the first thing I can tell you, ladies, men, when we feel like we're gonna get in trouble, that's when we lie. That's, that's when we go into these things because we don't. We keep going back, oh, I'm getting in trouble with my mommy. My mommy's not gonna get in trouble with my mommy. We, we revert back to that. So if you wanna get more from your man, hold space of compassion for his growth. Doesn't mean you have to be okay with what he did, but hold space if you want to know why he did it. And that's what I told the woman, and she did, she found out, and it helped them to be able to talk about it openly, and that's important.
1: Sorry for the interruption, but I have an online workshop I really want to talk to you guys about, Learn to Meditate. I know a lot of you love our personal practices at the end of the episodes, as it gives you a place to start and learn and how to create your own practice. So the good news is now, online, go to denanywhere.com, there's Learn to Meditate Workshop. We used to do this workshop in-house all the time, and it always sold out, and people were always so thankful for it. So if you want examples of different styles and lineages so you can kind of choose what works for you, this is a great place to start. Or if you just know someone who's struggling about figuring out where to start, gift it to them. We have that option as well. So go to denanywhere.com to get started. Your favorite part of the episode, my next Den Talks live announcement. They have been going so well, so please don't miss it. This is our last one before the new year. So November 9th, we have a gratitude panel just in time for you guys before that holiday season. We're going to have to dig deep and muster up all the gratitude that you have. But seriously, this is a concept that pretty much every leader, teacher, anyone who works in the spiritual world kind of advises you to start with. But most of us don't fully understand the science behind it or actually how to do it, or frankly, even the pitfalls behind it. So come, we have our favorites who are going to walk us through. We have Ryan Weiss coming back, Lorea Gaston, and Ch- Shannon Algio. All their episodes are available to listen to. It's going to be amazing. Go to DentalksPodcast.com ASAP and reserve your spot. So much of this goes back to how you, we were talking a little bit earlier about polarity and duality yeah. and that we put a value onto it versus it actually existing so it's like if you can somehow find yourself in neutral territory which is hard to do let's it, use the
2: word different word let's say it's an exciting challenge
1: oh it's an exciting challenge. we are getting to that too by the way <laughs> communication is going to be a big one i, call? I know I gotta. Work. I I have an exciting ahead. challenge ahead of me, um, but <laughs> I'm getting better. Um, I am better. We are going to talk know, about you communication. What you just
2: did, that's what you have to do for yourself.
1: <laughs> We're going to talk about communication in a second. But off of this, it's you're talking about kind of falling into a place of neutrality versus kind of getting sucked into this value system that is very self-imposed. No matter what it is, from the big to the small, whether it be about the husband or whether it be about the Middle East, the bad and good is this kind of self-imposed value system. Right. So is there something to that of, like, when you can fall in kind of the world of neutrality, is is that helpful to navigate it? Because I feel like that's what you're saying. You're gaining perspective. You're getting this ability it's, and that's how you can, if you can attack every situation, attack is not the right word, but, you know, approach every situation that way without going into the value system and going into the good and bad of it, mm-hmm. it, helps, it helps you get out of kind of the matrix a little bit. <coughs>
0: well,
2: yeah, exactly. So, so for me, I believe that you have the capability to be an ambassador of love, right? And what is an ambassador? An ambassador is someone who goes... And speaks to the opposing or to, you know, anyone to, to share information between, like if, like, if I'm using, like, ancient days, like, they would send the ambassador from Spain to talk to the, you know, to the ambassador in England to find a middle ground so that Spain and England don't have to go to war, Right. So in your sense, you would be the, you'd be the an unconditional love ambassador. So your thing is to find love through all situations. How can we bring this through the lens of love? How can we create this in a space of love? How can I hold a space of love for this, right? So I've, I've, and one of my greatest teachers is Dr. Martin Luther King, and I, I, a lot of times I'll, I'll call on him in the spirit world and ask for his guidance and ask like, okay, you know, what was this about, and what do you feel about this, and you know, how, how should I handle this situation? And, you know, it was one thing, you know, one of the things that he had said was like, you know, it's, it's, it's more when someone is choosing not to do anything and sees the pain and the suffering that's happening is worse than the person who's actually creating it because to do nothing is, 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 is worse, right? So I'm not asking you to sit back and be sedentary and not do anything. What I'm asking you to do is to say, how can I approach this with love? How, if I'm starting a conversation with someone, let me give you an example. If I say, I gotta move around a little bit. I gotta get my cowboy boots moving.
1: I know. I love it. I'm, I'm
2: sitting in this chair too much. I can't be in this chair. I'm lit. I gotta move. <laughs> let him go. Let him go. You know, I start getting weird when I'm sitting down for too long. I'm lit rocking. Lit rocking, right? Okay. <laughs> it's about to get real. <laughs> I play all day. So anyway, okay. So if I say to someone, a family member, okay, and I have a problem with them. If I just go straight into the problem, there's going to be more problems, okay? Because I am not preloading the information that they need to hear to be open to that which I'm about to say. So what I would say is, I know how powerful you are, and I love you so much, and I know you can understand what I'm going to share with you. And that's why I feel safe to share this with you because I love you, and then I drop the bombs. (laughs) You're so smart, and I love how you understand things, and you have so much wisdom, and so I'm really, this is why I'm sharing this with you right now. Ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba, boom. Because what most people do is they go into conversations without setting up a space of love, a space of recognizing the person you're talking to is intelligent, capable, smart, powerful, Amazing, breathtaking. And therefore, when you show acknowledgement that someone is able to understand or that they're capable of understanding love or coming into a place of love, it makes it easier for you to have a conversation because you start with love and you end with love. Can you say that? Start with love and end with love. Exactly. So that creates the container, and once you have that container, you're, you're solid. You're rock and roll. Because at that point, you have created what we call a connection of communication that is not held in. You're a bad person. You're wrong. You did this. You know, I get people who write me on Instagram. I love it, by the way. Not everybody writes me. But, but I do. I, and this one person said to me, you know, Shaman Dirk, you said something in your podcast that didn't come off the right way. But because I love you, and I love listening to your messages, perhaps you could say it like this. (laughs) And I left a message, you're amazing. What is it, how should I say it? I love your wisdom, thank you. I'll take that in full consideration. You know, Shaman Durek, I noticed that you're traveling a lot and you're not taking really good care of yourself, but I know that you're so smart and you're capable, and I just wanted to let you know to drink more water. So I was like, absolutely, you're absolutely right. Thank you for reaching out and feeling safe enough to approach me and share with me some of the things that are upsetting you and that you feel that I can change because you're not doing it from a spiteful place. You're not doing it from a mean-hearted place. You're doing it from a place of love. You wanna see me grow. I have growing to do. I have lessons to learn. I have things that I have to achieve in myself. So, by you actually taking that ability to say that to me in that loving way, it allows me to sit back and go, Yes, you're absolutely right. I want to make that change. I want to be a better person. Someone say, Oh, you know, this thing you did, I saw this thing you said in the press, and blah, 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 blah. And you're boom, 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 boom. I delete. I don't even listen to it. Because I always say this. And I'm going to use the word God. Some people don't like the word God. They like source and spirit or whatever. I like God. I love the word God. I don't associate it to Santa Claus. (laughs) I associate it to unconditional love. If it doesn't have God's signature in it, which is unconditional love, these ears aren't listening. And so when someone says something to me, I always listen to see if the signature is in it. I go, that that wasn't a signature of unconditional love, so I'm not going to listen to that. Someone says to me, you know, Shaman Dirk, I really love you, and I think there's ways that you can improve yourself, and here's some ideas that I think. You know, you, you said this once in a lecture, and I heard this, and I want to share with you what it, what it sounds like to me, and perhaps you can do this, and da-da-da, and it has love in it. I'm like, uh-huh, uh-huh, okay, great, perfect love. I thank you, brother and sister, for helping me be the best that I can be so I can go out there in the world and share more love to the world. You see, that's what we call loving instruction. That's what we call loving grace, loving wisdom, loving instillment of truth, because you're coming through the lens of love. You have the signature of love. When someone says to you, you're this, you're this, you're that, I don't see the signature of love. I ain't listening. (laughs) No one should listen to anyone if it doesn't have the signature of love. Now, if you are a whistleblower, you're on a whole nother level. Because if you're a whistleblower and your job is to blow the whistle on nonsense, then that's your role in life, then that's your role and you're supporting. But that's again, we have to always hold the, the grace of love. Say, here yes, I'm blowing the whistle. Here's what you could do to be a better person, because you have it in you. The choice is yours and how you choose to do it. But the choice is the way we operate. Can I get an Amen? Amen. <laughs> I love it, it's been like a church, huh? <laughs> I mean, I'll sit down a little bit, and then I'll stand back up again. <laughs>
1: how, how do you handle, I'm curious from, you know, someone who teaches, what's the perspective and the nuance and the balance of, you know, we're all one, like you're saying. We all have this ability to change and change everything, and we're all so powerful. And kind of being stuck is like your own responsibility, which I love the idea of taking responsibility for yourself. How How do you deal with the line of people out there who are like, homeless or someone who's on the border separated from their family at the moment or in the past someone who was in the holocaust you know going into the showers i mean when you're really talking or someone who just lost their child when you're talking about and i I hate using the word suffering but just for the when you're talking about suffering at that extent Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um how do we balance these
2: teachings so again you know we have to understand that and I, and I always have to reiterate this to everyone because it's something we really just have to... And I reiterate it to myself as well. And this is that you're an eternal being. Do you know what that means? That you're an eternal being? That means that this is just your biological spacesuit that you're moving around in. You're eternal. So some beings come here to play certain roles to create certain energies, to spark certain things into motion. Some beings will come here, a child will be born, and the child chooses to leave because that's exactly what the parents need in order to be do what, what the, the ripple effect needs to take place to move certain things into motion. You may not understand it because on earth we become attaching, very attached. We're very attached to the idea of you know, uh, how things should be. People always have this thing of how things should be, what I think it's supposed to be like. People say, a woman said to me one time, um, you know, my mo- I'm so angry at my mom and dad because they weren't the mom and dad that they, that they should have been. I was like, well, my dad and my mom were not the mom and dad. I could say the same thing or I could just simply accept who they were and accept that's how they chose to be. And it's not this box of this is what it's supposed to be. And so a lot of times when we see the suffering, we don't understand that someone who's going through those different things are actually playing out roles of energy because they know they're eternal. They're like, yeah, I'm going to go to earth and I'm going to be a person who lives in the desert and suffers and starves and does all this stuff. And I'm going to hold that energy for the people to see the imbalance But for someone in the physical who wants to so much believe in this physical material, you're like, but why would someone choose that? Um, Why did I choose to get beat every single day as a kid? Why did I choose to get molested at age five by a male babysitter? Because I needed those things to happen.
1: This goes back a little bit to what you were saying before of understanding with acceptance. Like when you can understand, it then tra- changes the energy.
2: Yeah. It's, it, there's, there's an understanding, the cosmology of the universe. And the cosmology of the universe is you can place whatever view you want on anything you want and be right about it. It's your choice. Or you can step into this complete isness connection, this, this center space of recognizing that everything is exactly where it needs to be as according to everyone who signed up to play that role exactly as there is to play it. So like the person who molested me, as a, 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 who was my male babysitter, I'm grateful and thankful for you because even though someone could be like, oh my God, that's horrible. Oh my God, you got molested. He's horrible. He should be put in jail. Whatever. The point I'm making is, he molested me. It made me super sensitive. I was charged sexually at a very young age, which made me sense very subtle frequencies of energy. So when I was going through my shamanic training, I, my, my, my teachers and my elders were like, wow, you can sense really like sensitive energy fields that... A lot of people don't see our experience. So I can actually go down the street and I can see what a street used to look like from all the different times that it was, all the way to the point where it was dirt and there was no concrete. Because I can sense the frequencies of dimensions between each dimension, between each dimension, because I'm so sensitively turned into that since I was a kid. If that didn't happen, I wouldn't be that. If I didn't have a father and a stepmom who locked me in closets and beat me all the time and did all these horrific things to me, would I have the ability to stand up against some of the biggest issues that, that, I, that I'm standing up against? It gave me strength. It taught me if I can survive this, I can survive anything. So when we look at things, which we, wanna, we, we, we have to get out of the space of taking and t- keeping himself in that wallowing victim energy and start t- changing those circumstances into diamonds and rubies and gems and emeralds and beautiful stones of power and staffs of, of energy and power and utilize those things as fuel, or should I say uh, momentum, to be the leader that you are. I mean, look at Helen Keller. She's one of my favorite people. One of my favorite, I, talk, I think I talk, about it, I talk about it in the book. You know, Helen Keller. I mean, you're talking blind, deaf. I mean, look at all the odds that were against her. Look at what she achieved. How's that for, for a, 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 you know, a reflection of what human beings can do? You see, sometimes we people say, oh, I feel so bad that you went through. I said, don't feel bad that I went through that. Be, be, be happy that I went through that. Be happy that I experienced that level of, 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 of suffering and pain and hurt. Be happy that I went through that so that I was able to turn that into a diamond that I can hold up and reflect the grace of beauty and joy and happiness and strength into the minds and hearts of people. You see? Because this is, I'm an eternal being. You know, if I die, oh well. <laughs> I'm not really that concerned To be honest. So that's why I'm going to live my best life in the best way possible. I'm going to smell the roses. I'm going to dance in the morning. I'm going to play my video games. I don't care what anyone says. If I feel like taking a marker and drawing all over the wall, I'm going to do it. Okay? Because I'm not living in the box of society because I don't have time. I want to enjoy as much as I can on this planet. And when people are like, oh my God, you're doing this and this is so wrong and I can't believe you're doing this and just saying this. If you don't like what I have to say, then don't listen. <laughs> if you don't like what I write on my Instagram, then don't go to my page. Because this, I'm still going to do it. So you can either be like this. <laughs> something <is> irritating me. <laughs> Let me tell you something, my loves. Ruffling people's feathers is the greatest gift you can offer them. Because every person who's irritated with you is going through transformation. Amen. (laughs) That's
1: That's a good one. But look, it goes back. You and I talked about this the other night. We were talking about values. Like when you put expectations and values on shouldas you're just disappointed all the time, and life is so much harder. It's like versus, again, like back to the parents or anyone's parents, if it's not like, well, my parents were supposed to do this, if it's just like, that's who they are, and I'm doing this, you feel a lot
2: better. Yeah, I mean, expectations are funny, right? Because it's like you, you put an expectation on someone, and they let you down, and then you create an idea of what you think they are and how things are. And, you know, there's, there's two things I always find that's a catch. It's expectations and framing people. So expectations is like, look, if I invite my friend to a party, I'm like, hey, you can come to my party. I would really love you to be there. But if they don't show up, I'm like, okay, cool. I still love you. It's all good. Moving on. You obviously weren't meant to be there. I had a friend who was in the hospital. And they were sick. And they're like, Sean you know, I really need you to be here for me at this time. I was like, well, you know, I was on dialysis for a very long time. I spent a lot of time in hospitals with the beep-beep and the machines and the weird colored walls and the, all that stuff. I'm just It's just not my hangout place, you know what I mean? <laughs> it's not my go-to place. I'm just going to let you know. I don't feel good there. I don't feel empowered there. I just look at it. I'm like, mm-hmm, yeah, no. But I, w- I will be there for you afterwards. She goes, are you kidding me? You're my friend. You're supposed to be there for me when I'm in this situation. I go, oh, am I? I go, that's fascinating. Okay. And I said, who, who else? I said, who's there with you? And she was, oh, well, you know, Carla came and, you know, and my other friend Ross came. And I was like, that's exactly who's supposed to be there. <laughs> Not me. And so anyway, long story short, after she got out of the hospital, I was sitting at home and I went to the stores and I got all these really cool things to put like a kit together. I made like an herb sachet for healing. I made some salves. Some I made all these amazing, I put it in a box, had all this stuff like just like to go through her house and make her house a healing oasis, you know, just very shamanic healing oasis. You know, so I knock on the door, do, 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 do on the door. Well, I think twice size? Like you know what a knock sounds like. <laughs> It's It's not so digital, but yeah. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So I'm knocking on the door. And I said, you know, I'm here. I want to bring you a box. And she's like, why? Why are you here? I was like, because I've come here to to create a healing oasis for you, for your recovery. And she's like, I'm good. I'm like, oh. I go, so let me get this straight. Before I leave, I just want to throw this at you. Because I know you can understand what I'm about to say. Because you're a powerful and beautiful person. Yeah. Um, so you have this expectation of me being in the hospital. And because I didn't go to the hospital, because spirit, I checked in with myself. And I knew that I wasn't supposed to be there. But you think that because you say that I'm supposed to be there, you think that that is exactly where I was supposed to be. Even though I have my own truth system that told me that I wasn't supposed to be there. And if I deny that truth system, I'm going to have problems with myself later. But okay, so you thought I was supposed to be there, but you didn't realize that the people who were there are the ones who were sent by spirit to be there for you. So now you're not going to accept my beautiful box of all this shamanic love that I've come to like Make your home this healing oasis that when you can feel the vibes and the waves of energy and do all these amazing things so you can recover because I didn't meet your expectations. She's okay, yeah, you're right. That makes sense, okay. <laughs> you put it like that. I'm like, exactly. So can I come in? She's like, yes, I'm sorry. I put it in a situation. And I had another situation. I had a, 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 a person who you know, was, was doing... Um, the w- husband and wife were coming for treatments with me and shamanism to learn about their powers and everything. And they were in Italy, and they bought me this Ferragamo bag. And I was like, great, thank you, Ferragamo bag. Nice, lovely, put it in the closet, I'll wear it sometime, use it sometime, whatever. One day, their son gets sick, and I get a phone call. This day, I had other things that I had to do that were very important to do. They said to me on the phone, so, Shaman Dirk, you know... Um, our son is sick. We wondering if you can come over and do some healing on him and help, you know, boost his energy up and all this stuff like that. I said, you know, I have a busy day today. I don't think I'm going to be able to do that until later. They're like, we were thinking you would come in the morning. I was like, um, yeah, no, I, I really have a, a tight schedule. I would have to do that later. They're like, yeah, you know, it's just like we love you so much. I mean, remember when we were in Italy and we got you that Ferragamo bag? I was like. Yes, I do. And you're such a love. You are both are so loving and supportive to get me that bag. That was such a beautiful gift. And, you know, I'm so, wait a second. Nah. He goes, what? I go, hey, like, for a second, I thought you might be saying that because you think I owe you. But now I know you're not that kind of person. Because <laughs> I know you're a love being and you love and you come from a place of truth and love. And you're not about like trying to put people in the debt that they didn't sign up for. But Because I know you're better than that. He goes, yeah, totally. So when can you come this afternoon, like later? I was like, yeah, I'll be there around 5 (laughs) o'clock. So I go over, and he goes, you know, I have to be honest about something. And I said, what's that, my love? He goes, yeah, I I was that person. Me and my wife were exactly doing that. We were thinking, well, because we went out and got you this bag, that you, you should be able to be the shaman on call for us. And it was hurt when you said that you thought that I would do that. And But you know you would never believe me to do something like that. I said, I know it did. I said, because there's other ways to teach you, for you to teach yourself. I don't need to pull the rug from underneath you to give you a lesson. All I have to do is to stay in a place of love. You will see the lesson. You see, you put an expectation on me because you got me a bag. You don't own me. But I'm not going to beat you up. I'm not going to make you a bad person. I'm just simply going to say things to get your mind to think in the right way. It's your choice to do so or not. And I'm glad that you came to that understanding. But you're not a bad person. Remember that. I said, but look at other places in your life. And he goes, you know, it's funny. He goes, my brother fell on hard times. And... I bought him a house, and every time we need someone to do anything, I call my brother and I expect him to be there. I should call him today and tell him I'm sorry for putting him in debt. I said, yes, he should. I think that's a good thing to do. So when we get into expectations, we realize that we're, we're creating a narrative that we think is right for us instead of connecting in and seeing if this is the right person who's supposed to be there in the first place. Right? And so and then the other thing that we look at is framing. Does anyone know what framing is? Okay, framing means this. So I'll have women will say to me, You know, my husband will never understand this spiritual stuff that I do. He just will never get it. He just won't get it. He'll never get it. I'm like, and that's why he doesn't get it. (laughs) Because you framed him. You put a box of consciousness around him that has no way for him to evolve or to grow. So now he's stuck in your frame of consciousness. That means that you have superimposed him in a box using your power of consciousness, and you keep reiterating it to make the frame stronger and stronger. So every time he starts to grow, you put the box on stronger, and so some part of him naturally just falls into rhythm with your box.
1: Oh my God, think about how different all of our relationships would be.
2: Yeah. If we reframed. Yeah, get rid of the frames. Don't frame people. It's not fair. It's not fair to evolution.
1: Can you frame in a different way? Can you frame in like a boosting way or no?
2: Oh, yeah. Absolutely. So I had a friend, for instance, who was constantly a chronic smoker. And every time he would smoke and friends were around because we're all like health nuts. Well, yeah. I guess you say that once in a while. It's like when I go to movies and eat that Sour Patch Kid. But okay. <laughs> I love Truth days. be told. <laughs> <laughs> You know, vegan, cheating. you understand what those two things are, you know? <laughs> cheating vegan. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you just gotta be real about things, you know? Like, not everybody could be so extreme sometimes, you know? Sometimes you just want that thing. You just. <laughs> so, okay, so anyway, going back to what I was saying. So... And, I, and
1: just to cut you off for a second, doing the opposite is framing yourself into a box. In what? Like, if you're doing the, like, I'm vegan, I can never do anything else, exactly. like, then you're
2: framing yourself exactly a Just box. be open, you know, be open. And then if you, you, you go down that path, you're like, oh, like, okay, great, you know, I had experience, yay, you know, fun. You don't have to be, like, so, like, rigid and everything. So the point I was thinking is that, so we had this friend, and every time he would smoke cigarettes, a bunch of friends would always be like, God, when are you going to quit smoking? It's so disgusting. It's this and that and the other and da-da-da-da. I go, do you honestly think we're actually helping him quit smoking or do you think we're making him smoke more? They're like, well, what do you suggest? I'm like, why don't we start looking at his quantum self that's healthy and vibrant and full of life and full of energy, and let's speak that over him. So every time he'd light up a cigarette, we're like, God, I love how healthy you are and how vibrant you are and just how you always care for your body and health. And you just, you know, it's so wonderful, that energy and everything. He's like, what are you guys talking about? I was like, well, telling the truth, you know, what do you want? 1 month he quit smoking never has gone back to this day why because if you want to see change in your children and you want to see change in the people around you you don't get change by putting by pointing out their negative over and 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 over I can tell you right now that all you're doing is framing their negativity to have more active respo- more active response in their life, and by me constantly telling that person they're smoking and smoking and smoking, they're like, "You're right, I am smoking." See, <sighs> I'm smoking. So the thing is, when we frame people, like you know, my sister used to always frame my dad. Because my dad is very African, and he's very, like, doesn't, you know, he's, he's, not, he's not gonna be, he's very old school, born 1923, like, doesn't want to hug, he's not very huggy, he's very man, very man's man, you know, man's man. Like, son, you gotta be tough, and this and that, tough, 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 you know. So, and me, I was like, I just want to hug and, like, cuddle with people and, like, have affection. <laughs> you know, my dad's like... What's wrong with you? (laughs) Step back, son. Son, stop it. Stop it. Get your hands off me. Get your arms off me. So my sister's like, dad's never going to hug. He's never going to hug. He just doesn't hug. He doesn't hug. And I said, my sister, you know, you're framing him. You're saying never, he's never going to hug. You're putting a frame around him, he's never going to hug. I said, dad loves to hug. (laughs) He loves it. Dad hugs, he loves to hug everyone. He's such a cuddly, huggy person. That's how he is. And I said that for months on months. Even though he wasn't hugging, I kept saying it. And one day, out of nowhere, I walked into the house to visit him, and he gave me a hug. And I was like... So I call my sister on the phone. I'm like, "Dad hugged me." She's like, "What? He hugged you?" I said, "He hugged me cuz I didn't frame him." I spoke what was possible. And then I was like, "Dad, I love how you love to hug." And he's like, "You know, this hug thing is amazing." I don't know. I said, "Hey, I felt like hugging." And all the way to the point where he passed to the other side, he became the biggest hugger. I would go and his friends would be like, your dad can't stop hugging me. <laughs> like you, you opened up a can of worms. He's hugging everybody. He's like going to the store. Oh, let me give you a hug. How are you doing? So the thing I'm saying, my loves, <laughs> is for us to not frame people, but to see the possibility in them. That is so powerful, to see the possibility in someone. To be able to know that what you see in them that you would want to focus on the negative, because that's what the matrix taught us, you actually can see the possibility in someone and hold that possibility, and that's the only truth you accept, that is some, like, rock and roll stuff right there. That's amazing. That's some good stuff. I mean, it's
1: like you see the possibility in others, and it opens up all the possibilities in you. You got it. Yeah, it's beautiful. For that, and I have so many more questions, but I want you guys to be able to do your Q&A. So let's do your quick for yous, and we're going to do your like, guided meditation, which is going to be kind of a word hack. So quick for yous, road trip or Euro trip?
2: Wait, say it again. Oh, like she's got US... like little, she got like oh, a little, she's got like going on. But because I mean,
1: all the other questions that I normally ask, I'm like, I feel like you've answered them before. So let's do something okay, fun okay, and okay, easy. Okay, say it again. Like a US road trip, like down and dirty or a Euro trip? I kind of know this answer. Uh, Euro trip. Yeah, that's what I figured. Nap or no nap? Nap. Beaches or mountains? Mountains. Mm, Dog or cat? Dog. Love it. Okay, those were the four U's. I hope. I hope. I hope that changed your life.
2: (laughs) <laughs> like special thing on that? Do I get like an analyst? That uh, like, she's like... Oh, I'll dogs. come back with the report like, you know, later. All the things I show him and Derek, like like, dogs, like mountains. No, and then the great. Sour Patch Kids.
1: That's the best part of
2: the whole yeah, thing. Yeah, Sour Patch Kids. Yeah.
1: I mean, thank you guys. I We're going to do the Q&A after he... You know, let's just do the Q&A and then after the Q&A we'll do the quick hack just so people that's can get better. their questions. Yeah, I yes, think that's that a better be flow. Yeah. But I want to say thank you because I think if there was... there Again, you guys ha- go buy the book after this, which we have in the other room. He Not only will he sign it, but we literally scratched the surface, scratched it. I love what we spoke about because I feel like, again, if you, I, hopefully you guys all feel very empowered to know that just from such a small nugget of thought, truth, and word, you have the power to change the world is amazing. And I think for all of us to just leave with that, hopefully we're all about to make some huge changes. Let's get of the word hopefully.
2: Hopefully... See, we didn't
1: even talk about that because we didn't have time. <laughs>
2: yeah, so hopefully, just so you know what hopefully means, right? So like when I was... Like we have this word in... Like, when I was living in Turkey, we said like, inshallah, right? Which is, like, kind of like, oh, like, it could be this or it could be like that, you know? The thing is, hopefully is a crossroads. It means it could or it couldn't, right? So, instead of saying, you hopefully got it, I love how empowered you have got from this conversation and how you see the wisdom inside of you and how powerful of a leader you are. You see the difference? Yeah. Because when you proclaim what is possible and hold only that in front of people, that is what they're able to see. If we say, well, hopefully you got something from this, you're like, (laughs) did I? I don't know.
1: I love seeing you guys like such strong warriors, love warriors out there. It's amazing. Um, by the way, that is an amazing part of the book, which I love all about communication and how we trip ourselves up without even realizing it in the tiniest ways, which I want to talk about. But, and someone can ask that question too, because we do have a QA. and yeah. a um, So I'm going to hand it over to you guys, but I want to give him a big round of applause because you're nothing but love and we appreciate it.
2: I appreciate you all. Appreciate you, Tall. Oh, thank you. Look what you've created.
1: I'm, it's only everybody who's in here exactly. is what I always say. Exactly. Okay, so who, any questions? Right there. Can someone hand it back? Can you start handing them back? that back?
3: would be great. Thank you. down here. Just a quick question about the, um, the hearing the voice that you know isn't yours and you catch it. From a shamanic perspective, I've been taught To not directly address that voice, but to clear it as soon as possible. Just acknowledge it, you know, and ask for light and love to clear it out. But you recommended asking it trick questions and that sort of thing. Like, is that is that really okay?
2: (laughs) You're like, is that okay?
3: Opening a can of worms. Okay, well, so
2: here's the thing, right? So when you're asking that question, you're in the way you're explaining it to me. You're already asking it from a place of fear, okay? And shamanism, there's no place for fear. Um, Fear means you don't have enough information, right? And so the the less fear you have is because you have more information. So the reason why you're afraid of that is because you're like, well, what if I open that door? And what if I have lose control? And like you're thinking of all these different things. Okay, so first thing we to understand is you can simply say I'm going to take them to the light. But what are you taking to the light? Do you know? No. Right. So how do you learn? So in shamanism, everything is about learning, right? So, you know, even when you're a shaman, you're still – you're always like, I'm always learning. I'm learning from everyone. I'm learning from the guy I sit on the bench with who's just sitting there talking to me while he's eating a sandwich. I'm learning, right? So if a spirit is talking – if I talk to a spirit – Or a voice in my head. I want to talk. I want to have a conversation. I'm like, how'd you get in there? You know, like when I was a kid, there was this boogeyman monster, like used to go into my bed and would sit in my closet and its eyes would start glowing and stuff. And like, I would tell my dad, like there's a monster in my room. He's like, just flick on the light, son. (laughs) Okay. Thanks, dad. But go to bed. I'm like, okay. So literally, you're not any use. And so I realized that I'm going to have to deal with this on my own, right? And so what I did was just basically get up, go over to the closet, and, and go and be like, what are you doing here? What's your deal? Why are you trying to scare me? And then it told me, I have to scare you because if I don't scare you, you'll be aware of your powers. And you, if you're scared, you'll have a subconscious block that will make it you'll never want to look at the darkness again, and you will never uh, threaten our world. I go, your world, what kind of world do you have? And then I listen. It's a, a respect. I don't go like, w- 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 why are you here? <laughs> you see, we've been taught to be afraid of darkness. We've been taught to be afraid of the unknown, and we don't have to be. And that's what it talks about in, in spirit hacking. So, one time I was talking to a voice, and it told me, you know, that um, I was. It was actually it was a it was a person I was working with. They were uh, anorexic. And they had a voice in their head. They kept telling them that they they shouldn't eat because they're going to get fat or they they shouldn't eat. And so I said, talk to the voice. And they found out that it was this person in another life that starved and didn't have food. And that they were a spirit that connected into her and kept wanting to play its story out through her body. And once she was able to talk to that voice and understand where it came from and we sent it to the light, all of a sudden... She didn't have that voice anymore, and that whole thing went away. So a lot of times, it's important for you to, to, to know the spirits that you're bringing into life. Like, 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 like you want, let's run it real quick. You want to run it? Let's run it. Pull up a negative thought in your head. Anyone that you have. Uh,
3: negative thoughts towards my ex-husband.
2: Okay, good. Put the microphone to you so you can talk. Say, um, what is the thought that you have? I don't know. Can I say, I don't uh, know, because you do know.
3: I, I don't want to share. <laughs>
2: okay, can give me one that you can share then. Um,
3: that karma gets him as soon as possible.
2: Mm, okay. Say, do you, say the, the voice that says that um, you want karma to get him as soon as possible. Go ahead, ask it. See okay. the voice. The voice. That said. That says. Uh, karma should get him as soon as possible. Karma
3: should get him as soon as possible.
2: Are you a spirit?
3: Are you a spirit? What did it say? I think it said yes.
2: Oh, you think it said yes. Okay. (laughs) Say, um, did you have unfinished business when you had a human body?
3: Did you have unfinished business when you had a human body? I heard a nope.
2: Mm. Say, then why are you talking through me?
3: So then why are you talking through me? I'm hearing that it's kind of fun.
2: Mm, kind of fun, interesting. Um, so is it kind of fun because um uh, what, what I went through is something that you went through?
3: Is it kind of fun because, some th- because what I went through is something that you went through? I'm hearing yes.
2: Yes, okay. Say, do you need my help to go home?
3: Do you need my help to go home? No.
2: Say, are you scared to go home?
3: Are you scared to go home?
2: Yes. Are you scared to go home because you would have to take responsibility for what you did when you did have a human body?
3: Are you scared to go home because you would have to take responsibility for what you did when you had a human body? Just doesn't want to go. Mm.
2: Say, it's okay. Say, it's okay. (laughs) It's okay. You're safe.
3: You're safe.
2: I'm here to help you.
3: I'm here to help you.
2: I'm taking you to the light.
3: I'm taking you to the light. To
2: a place of unconditional love and acceptance. To
3: a place of unconditional love and acceptance.
2: How do you feel now?
3: How do you feel now?
2: Say I'm taking you Feeling deeper. Okay. Say I'm taking you deeper into the light.
3: I'm taking you deeper into the light.
2: Of unconditional love and acceptance. Of
3: unconditional love and acceptance. And
2: I'm changing you back to your original form.
3: And I'm changing you back to your original form.
2: How do you feel now that you're in the light?
3: They liked that. Huh? They liked that.
2: Yeah. Say, so how do you feel like- now that you're in the light?
3: How do you feel now that you're in the light? Good.
2: Say, and is there anything you want to say to me from what you were telling me before?
3: Is there anything you want to say to me that? what?
2: From what you were telling from, me before you were in the when you weren't in the light.
3: Is there anything you want to say to me that you weren't saying to me before, but you?
2: Sorry. Is there anything you want to tell me <laughs> of what you were doing to me?
3: You want to tell me about what you were doing to me when you
2: weren't in the light.
3: When you weren't in the light. Sorry.
2: See? Say so you can go home to heaven now.
3: You can go home to heaven now. Goodbye. Goodbye.
2: See what just you see what you just felt in your body?
3: Yeah.
2: See, you just brought a spirit from the underworld home. Chickity chickity chat. Boom boom boom. <laughs> See how easy that was? What if I told you that all your negative thoughts are actually spirits that are needing help to come home but they have unfinished business? They chose you because eventually you would have enough wisdom and ability to understand who they that you would do things, enough internal spiritual love on yourself to be able to find out that you don't have to be afraid of the darkness. The darkness wants you to be afraid of the darkness so that you'll leave them alone. That's why they need, and they need a feeding source. That's why they built the matrix. They need fear to supply their dimension. Your choice to not be afraid means that you shine a light into darkness. That is not what they want, but that is what they need. Why else would you choose a human body that you can scrape your arm against this thing and get cut? Ooh. <laughs> In you know, our bodies. We don't, have, and we're on the other side. We can just be like table, and have a table. I can just put my thing on the table. <laughs> you don't bleed and do all these other things that happen here.
1: Any other questions? I think we have time for one more right here. Okay.
3: Thank you so much. I love you, and I love everything about you.
2: I love you too, darling. Thank Which you. Which just being means on the I love
3: myself and everything about myself, right?
2: <laughs> now. That, I've
3: been uh, listening a lot about. to him, that so it's seeping about. in. Um, I've been called lately to do some work with my ancestors.
2: Can we change the word work to love?
3: To love on an exciting journey with my ancestors. There we go. Uh, and reuniting somehow. Yes. Um, how, how, <laughs> what are the practical uh, applications that you can do? To connect um, with your to ancestors, get into touch with them.
1: Yeah. It's in here.
2: Yeah, it's totally in that book. Um, so it's super easy. Uh, well, there's several things you can do, right? So, society today, we have lost touch because of the industrial age. We got into, we lost touch. We started looking outside of ourselves, and we haven't been really connecting with our ancestors. And what we don't understand is that our ancestors on the other side, even if they were on Earth and they were mean people, but now they're on the other side, all that is gone, and they have the wisdom of all the things that have been passed down to you, and that's affecting your life because of what choices they made. So they're here to support you, right? So you can either, one, create an ancestor altar, which we talk about in the, in the book, right? Put things on the altar that represented different family members and what they actually enjoyed, light up a candle, and make a contact. But connecting your ancestors isn't that difficult to do. If you want to connect with them, do you want to connect with them right now? Let's do it. All right, let's do it. Okay, so put the microphone down because your hands, um, yeah. Okay, so take your your palm of your hand like this and take two fingers and stick it in the palm of your hand. Good, keep your hand open. Perfect. And what I want you to do is I want you to say, open my connection to Ancestry. Open my connection to Ancestry. Good, and just wait. Can you feel how your breath has changed and your body is already shifting? Good, now say, open my hearing. Open my, open my, vision. Open my vision. Good. Now close your eyes. Say, ancestor, come through. Show me your face in my inner vision. Show me your face in my inner vision. When you see the face, call out their name. Archibald. Good. Say, how how's it going? <laughs> how's it going? He's tired. Okay. Say um, why are you tired? Okay, say thank you, I heard you. thank you, I heard you. Say, what do you mean it's your time? Your time to rest? What do you mean? What do you mean it's your time? Is it time to rest or what? He's you, saying it's my time. Meaning your time. Me. Oh, okay. Say thank you, you. thank you, I heard you. Can you send energy into my body so I, so I can feel you? Felt that. Yeah. Say thank you. I felt. You. Say thank you. I felt that. Say what's it like on the other side? What's it like on the other side? Uh, I, I see water. Say thank you. I heard you. Thank I mean, sorry. Thank you. I saw that. Thank you. I saw that. Say, are you having fun? Is that what your your heaven looks like? Are you having fun? Is that what your heaven looks like? Like water. Say, thank you, I heard you. you, you. Say, can we talk anytime we want? Can we talk anytime we want? Thank you, I heard you. you. Is it really this easy? easy? Thank you, I heard you. Why do people make it so difficult? Why do people make it so difficult? They're afraid. They're afraid. Thank you, I heard you. Thanks, I heard you. See, simple. It, re- it really is super easy to do a lot of these things it really is
1: thank you from the bottom of my heart it's a pleasure
2: heart. thank you everyone for and being you guys, leaders the,
1: yeah and the episode should be coming out the episode will be coming out in about a week and a half so make sure you have Talks podcast downloaded and ready to go and subscribe and it'll be there in your inbox
2: yay
1: thank you everyone and now Shaman Durek is going to do his personal practice
2: Hello, this is Shaman Dirk, and I'm so happy to create this powerful meditation for you to lift your spirits and take you higher and increase your power. This meditation is a follow-up of the amazing interview that I had with Tal at Den Meditation about the book, Spirit Hacking. And I look forward to each and every one of you being able to get our book and to light up this world and truly be the powerful leaders of legacy that you are. So what I would like for you to do is to sit in a comfortable position. And as you're in that comfortable position, I would like for you to take a deep breath and breathe. I'm going to be giving instructions to the part of your being that understands exactly what I'm saying. And all you have to do is breathe and not think about what I'm saying and just go with it. So go ahead and breathe. Inhale and exhale. Open up the energies inside of your spine and your back. Open the energies in your stomach and shift the energy in your stomach by turning it all the way to the left. As you turn your stomach to the left, you're going to push into your stomach and create a blue energy field in the center of your stomach. Notice how it feels. Then I want you to go over to your left ear and release the pressure out of your left ear. Continue breathing. As you breathe, I want you to notice how your breath feels. Go ahead and expand beyond your breath. Good. Now expand your body and expand your throat. Open up the meridians in your right and left leg. Now expand the meridians and bring light into your legs. Open up the energy gates in your right and left foot and expand the energy in your foot. Good. Now expand the energy in your other foot. Beautiful. Now that both the left and right foot have been expanded, the energy is flowing through your meridians. Now open the meridians through your right and left arm and expand the meridians and draw light into it. Breathe. Push your breath further. Good. Now break through the wall of your breath to go to the next level of your breathing. Beautiful. Now open up the energies in your right and left hand, and expand the energies in your right and left hand. Good. Now bring energy up your spine. Feel it. Bring more energy up your spine. Feel it even more. Now increase the blue energy in the center of your stomach and expand that blue energy all the way around your body. Beautiful. Now, visualize a white ball of liquid smoke in front of you. Breathe in the liquid smoke and notice where it goes in your body. Go into that point and pull the poison in that area out of your mouth and throat through deep yawn or deep cough or deep swallow. Good. Now do it again. Beautiful. Now break through your throat. Increase it and do it again. Notice how your body feels. Now notice how your body feels even more. Go deeper into the feeling of your body. Build a relationship with your body through your senses. Breathe. Push your breath further. Break through that wall. Good. Now feel your body even more and go deeper into the senses of your body. Pull the energy up from the base of your spine all the way to the top of your head. Expand it. Good. Expand it even more. Increase the power inside of your body and spin the molecules inside of your body faster than the speed of light. Spin your electrons, increase the energy in your atoms, and increase your mitochondria. Breathe. Good. Now, open up the energy gates inside of your system. Breathe. Expand the blue energy all around your body. Notice the sensation. Accelerate vibrations inside of your body. Now feel it. Good. Now feel it a little bit more. Good. Now feel it a little bit more, go in a little bit deeper and turn up that frequency as high as you can. Now send that all the way up to your face and radiate. Feel unconditional love in your body, inner peace, balance and power. Notice if you're smiling. Increase your smile. Excellent. Thank you for being a part of this meditation, for Den Meditation. And thank you for also being a part of the journey of spirit hacking. An important journey for everyone to put the power back in their hands and recognize that the codependency in our spiritual world has ended. And now it's time to be Lit Leaders of Legacy. Love you.
1: Dentalks Talks podcast would not exist without these incredible people, Nicole Rappi, Reem Edon, Hayden Fungheiser, Kim Bielek, and music by Alex Fetter. Thanks for joining us. If you haven't subscribed, please do. And also, wherever you listen, please go and leave us a review. It's so greatly appreciated. It really does help us out. If you want to keep talking about all this stuff, please join our community on our secret Facebook page. Go to Facebook, search Den Talks podcast, and join us there.
0: At Parker, our purpose is simple.